Have you heard about the tension of opposites and how love always wins? If there's something in your life that you want to change, this is going to be key. This is going to help you figure out what your why is. So if you're ready to take that first step, moving in the direction of your big goals, of your dreams, then let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang. And this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So, if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 141. Well, hi there, Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So a couple weeks ago, I got the notification that this podcast now has over 10,000 downloads. I think I mentioned it last week. I'm still celebrating. That's, that's a big accomplishment for me. And I actually have on my list of big dreams for this podcast to have 10,000 downloads a day at some point in the not too distant future. <laughs> so... Since you're obviously listening right now, especially if you've been listening for a while, if you're one of the subscribers, I want to say thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to connect with you. It really does mean a lot, and well, I wanted to talk a little bit about why I do what I do. So the other thing that happened that I'm celebrating is this past Friday, I officially became a Precision Nutrition Level 2 Master Health Coach. And it really got me thinking about why I do what I do. Why do I love coaching so much? And I am making an assumption here that if you're listening to this particular podcast, there is some something in your life that you want to change, that you believe would make your life better. And what I want to do is help you make that change. And so one of the things that I've always talked about that's really, really important is knowing your why. Why are you doing what you're doing? And if you're doing it because someone else wants you to do it, maybe it's your doctor telling you you want to lose, you should lose weight, or maybe it's a loved one, a spouse saying, I want you to quit smoking. Whatever it is that that person is telling you, 
chances are you may want to make that change too, but you find yourself really resisting it. And so what this podcast, what I want to do today is really give you maybe another way to think about it that might help you align what you want with the actions that you're taking. Okay, so I've been thinking about with all the training that I've been doing and with all the books that I've been reading, I thought it would be helpful if I shared what some of those books are that I have been reading. In case you are a reader, an avid reader, and you want to learn some more on your own. So one of the books that I highly recommend, and I read this book years ago, is the book You Are What You Say by Matthew Budd and Larry Rothstein. And the subtitle of the book is The Proven Program That Uses the Power of Language to Combat Stress, Anger, and Depression. So that's one. Another book that I highly recommend is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Another one is Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. The Power of Vulnerability by Brene Brown. Inner Size by John Azaroff. And No Sweat by Michelle Sagar. And what I want to delve into a little bit more today is one of my favorite books. And that is Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Album. So this book was recommended to me by my friend Sherry Saeed, who is a classmate from Fordham University days when we were in grad school. And she thought that the friendship between Maury Schwartz and Mitch Album, the author of the book, probably would remind me of the one I had with Mark Hessel. So Mark Hessel was my professor back at Fordham, and unfortunately he passed away from lung cancer back in 2000. But I really thought of him as like the uncle I never had. And Maury Schwartz in this book is Mitch Album's professor from 20 years prior, who he visits after he's been diagnosed. So after the professor has been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS. And so this book is called really like the last class that he had with his professor. And what I want to do now is read to you a passage from the book. So if you have the hardcover edition, I'm on page 40. And it goes like this. Have I told you about the tension of opposites, he says. This would be Maury. The tension of opposites? Life is a series of pulls, back and forth. You want to do one thing, but you are bound to do something else. Something hurts you, yet you know it shouldn't. You take certain things for granted, even when you know you should never take anything for granted. Attention of opposites, 
like a pull on a rubber band. And most of us live somewhere in the middle. Sounds like a wrestling match, I say. A wrestling match, he laughs. Yes, you could describe life that way. So which side wins, I ask. Which side wins? He smiles at me. The crinkled eyes, the crooked teeth. Love wins. Love always wins. So when I think about my professor from grad school, he loved smoking cigarillos. So if you've never encountered a cigarillo before, it smokes like a cigarette, but it smells like a cigar. I cannot stand the smell of cigarettes. They, they actually make me sneeze. And cigarellos do too. And I still remember my professor would open the window to his office and blow the smoke out. That's how much I loved spending time with him. Despite how much I couldn't stand the smell of smoke, I would stay in his office for two, three hours chatting about life, about anything. And, but I could still smell it. I could, I could walk by his office and if he was in, even with the door closed, he smoked so much that if he was in, I would be able to smell it and know he was there. Anyways, to this day, I still enjoy the smell of cigar because it reminds me of him, even though it's, it's actually the habit that probably killed him. So I mentioned again that he died of lung cancer. So back when I was in grad school, this is in 93 to 95, I remember that I was really wanting him to quit. So even though I was willing to spend the time in his office, I would, much, I would have much preferred that he not smoke. And I remember... So this is when I was like 28, 29 years old. I remember saying, if you get lung cancer, I'm not going to visit you in the hospital. This is my way of trying to cajole him into quitting. To which he looked at me and he said, I expected more kindness from you. Wow. Even now, just thinking about it. I still get pretty emotional. And so if you're thinking about change or if there's someone in your life that you wish would change, it won't work if it's about someone else. The why has to come from within you. So as much as I loved my professor, if he didn't want to quit smoking, there was no threat that I could make that would have that happen. As a matter of fact, I think my statements may have actually created more resistance. Because when you make that statement, what happens? I think people end up arguing for their own limitations. Don't tell me what to do. I want to do this. Literally all the reasons why they do want to smoke 
will come up for them. Whatever it is that you want them to change, they will argue for why they do it. They will find a way to justify it. And, and I say they. It happens for our, ourselves as well, right? If someone else, like your physician, tells you you should lose weight, they may have the best of intentions. But I guarantee you that there's a reason why you do what you do. And sometimes, actually I would say more often than not, it's for some kind of short-term gain. Some kind of self-soothing behavior. So, as a matter of fact, I recently subscribed to the behavior panel on YouTube. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, the behavior panel is a group of four guys who are, well, self-proclaimed body language and behavior experts. I don't know that field, so I don't know if they really are the world's top ones. But anyway, they get together and they analyze the body language and behavior that different people have displayed in videos. So they've looked at Johnny Depp and Amber Heard during the trial and their testimony. Uh, they looked at Oprah Winfrey and her interview with Megan and Harry. They've looked at interviews with serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer um, and Chris Watts. And so it's pretty interesting to see what it is that they're able to discern just from watching someone. So... You know, at a very basic level, I think a lot of people know if you watch someone's feet as you're talking to them, if their feet start pointing toward the door, it's usually a sign that they want to leave. So one of the things that they talked about was if they're, if police are interviewing a suspect, that suspect may, under stress, unconsciously start looking for the exit. <laughs> And what's really funny is it literally is an unconscious thing. The fight or flight kicks in and they are looking for a way out, whether or not they realize it. They're not making a conscious choice to do it. There's a lot of other things they do. Uh, if you want to learn more, I would recommend that you go and subscribe there. But there's a lot around behavior, just like anything else, understanding that can help you influence even things like sales. It can help you in terms of understanding what your kid may be going through. So it's just about understanding why people are doing what they're doing. And in this particular case with the behavior panel, they're always focused on looking for signs of deception. But again, you can use it for all kinds of other purposes as well. Okay, so going back to now, change. If you want to make a change of some sort, and let's say you go to someone and you're trying to think of different ways to make that change happen. So I'll give you an example from when I owned the health club. Countless people came in hired a personal trainer 
because they wanted to get into an exercise habit, let's say, and work out more. And along with the working out, oftentimes there was some advice on eating healthier as well. And so if you have a trainer without any coaching experience, and this is really ultimately about good coach versus not so good coach, and and I say good in the sense of effective, is someone who doesn't know how to avoid what's called the writing reflex. So what is that? When you go to see a doctor, you usually expect the doctor to tell you what to do. When you hire a personal trainer and you say, I have XYZ goal, especially if it's around strength and conditioning, they can put together a specific program to help you build muscle, to increase your eye-hand coordination. I have a tennis coach who is teaching me how to serve. So all of these things are about a specific set of steps that you need to take to get to where you want to go, to build a skill. What happens with change, so let's say part of the trainer's advice is, well, if you want to lose weight, to make sure that you're eating more fruits and vegetables. So how are you planning on doing that? And they may end up offering a bunch of different suggestions for you to try. Oftentimes, those suggestions are based on either their own life or potentially what's worked with other clients. But a coach, a coach will ask you that same question, how can we get more fruits and vegetables into your diet? First of all, before they even get there, they would be asking, what is it that you would like to do? And let you come up with, I think it would be helpful to eat more fruits and vegetables. And then the follow-up question would be, well, how, how do you want to do that? What would work for you? And then, and then they would be quiet. They wouldn't say anything. Because you're thinking. We want you to come up with the ideas. If you come up with the idea, you say that out loud. I don't have to convince you to do that. You've already, in a lot of ways, it's you've already bought into the idea. So in business, if you're trying to make any changes with your team, same idea. It's funny how a lot of times we're looking for credit for an idea. And yet, if you're in the business of any kind of change, you probably know that you're better off having other people come up with the idea you don't have to work on getting their buy-in then. They're fully in support of the idea. They came up with it. <laughs> so it's the same thing that happens in our personal lives. If you have something that you want, if you come up with the ideas, if it's your why, chances are much, much better that it will happen. So if there's someone in your life, if you have a loved one and you wish 
that they would make some kind of change, whether it's to stop smoking or to lose some weight or to exercise more or eat healthier, whatever the change happens to be, do the dishes, take out the garbage, any of those things, recognize you can't make the change for them. Any more than, say, a trainer can do the push-ups for a client. In other words, you can only influence that change. So are you influencing it in the direction that you want it to go? And if it's in your own life, recognize, again, we can only really change our own life. If the conversation in your head is about arguing for why you can't do something, you may want to try hiring a coach to help you get to that place where you're arguing for why you do want to make the change. There's definitely a, a method to making that happen. And if you would like to find out what I mean, I encourage you to go to my website and schedule a free mini coaching session with me. I'd be happy to spend 15 minutes and we can actually explore a, a specific thing that you would like to work on. All right. Again, my website is moxie, M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. All right. So one more thing before I wrap up this episode. Going back to the tension of opposites and the statement, love always wins. When you think about your why, I want you to find a why that is coming from a place of love and not fear. And fear can take many, many forms. There's fear of loss. There's fear of process and fear of outcome. And in many cases, fear of uncertainty is the driver for so many things. Just not knowing what the outcome is going to be creates fear in and of itself. So if you're coming from a place of love when you're making a choice, it will guide you in what you end up actually doing. So even if it's about the fear of loss for a loved one, and you would love to be able to help them find their why, remember that when we push, again, we get to control what we do. What we do. If you're pushing someone else, and now you know by pushing, their natural reaction is to push back. You're actually increasing the resistance to change. What can you choose to do? Well, the first thing I would try to do is not increase the resistance. <laughs> I might try to understand more of what it is that they're actually resisting. So maybe a question you can ask if, in fact, whether it's your own change or someone else's is, well, why is not changing a good thing? What are the pros to not changing? 
And then on the flip side, you also want to ask what are the cons to changing? That might help uncover some ambivalence. And then you'll want to try asking the question, what are the cons of not changing? In other words, what are the cons of staying on the current trajectory? And the flip side of that is then, what are the pros of changing? What are the pros of changing the heading that I'm going in? So that's where we're creating more tension. And when you think about the pros of changing, the pros, when you're coming from this place of love, then love wins. So what we want to do is we want love to pull us forward. Make it easier to let go of what's holding us back, what's keeping us where we are now. All right, so I want to wrap things up today with a quote by Henry Adams. A teacher affects eternity. He can never tell where his influence stops. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen C-L-U-B dot com. And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember, making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.